Hey, uh, good morning, everybody. Welcome to River Glen. Uh, you, you excited about hap- uh, Fourth of July weekend? Looking forward to Fourth of July? Yeah, it's coming up. It's going to be good. And I'm really excited about today. I'm so glad you're here. We're launching a new series. I'm, I'm super excited. It's, new, it's called New You. And it's based on nine qualities that we call the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. Now, we get, we've got a list here. And uh, this is what the series is going to be about. So let's get started and read it out loud together. Okay? On the count of three. One, two, three. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's a great list, isn't it? It's a great list. And today what I'm doing is introducing the the series and giving you an overview of the fruit. And then we're going to go through each one of them for the next nine weeks. This is a ten-weeker. And that's really a big, long series for us. And I believe it's not just going to be a a, a ten-week series. I think this is going to be a really big, impactful series in our church for a couple of reasons. One reason is because these fruit, I'm telling you, they will make a huge improvement in, in our lives. They'll make a new you. That's what this series is about. God wants to use these, uh, God wants to develop these qualities to make the new you that uh, you were designed to be the best version of you. I mean, who wouldn't want more of these qualities? You know, who would want to be more joyful, more loving, uh, more, more, more peaceful? Because all of us, you know, if we're honest, we have a flawed personality. And the good news is we're not stuck with it. The Holy Spirit will transform it. Imagine, imagine just not just uh, getting over your anger over somebody that hurts you, but actually beginning to love that person. Or imagine getting to the point where life's not just tolerable, you're filled with joy. Or how about a sense of peace in the midst of all the chaos in our lives? How much would that be worth? Anybody use more patience. Anybody here have kind of an intense personality, maybe a little bit abrasive at times? And you could use more gentleness, more goodness, more, more kindness. How about more? Wouldn't it be great to have more uh, self-control and faithfulness? We're all hungry, aren't we? aren't we? We're all desperate for these qualities in our lives. And wouldn't you want more of these qualities? Wouldn't you want, wouldn't you want your family and friends to have these qualities? If you have kids, wouldn't you want to see these these, these qualities develop in your child's personality. Wouldn't these fruit improve your relationships, improve your marriage? I'm confident these fruit will, will make a huge improvement in your life. Another reason this series is really a big, big series for us, I think it's going to be a big, impactful series, has to do with the mission of our church. Now, help me out here, okay? Let's see if, we, let's see if you know the blanks. The mission of River Glen Church is to make good and excellent, more and better uh, followers of Jesus. But let me ask you, a really important question. How do, you, how do we know? How do you know if you're becoming a better follower of Jesus? How do we measure spiritual growth? How do we measure becoming more like Jesus? You know, sometimes I think we measure the wrong things in churches. Sometimes in, in some churches they measure Bible knowledge. And the more, you know, verses you know, the more details, the more background uh, information you know, uh, they would say the deeper your spiritual maturity. Or maybe they measure uh, serving and volunteering. And don't get me wrong, serving and volunteering and Bible knowledge are all good things, but neither one of those made the list of the fruit of the, of the Spirit. One of the great blessings of this, spirit, of this series is it's going to give us clarity. It's going to get all of us on the same page when it comes to evaluating and measuring spiritual growth and maturity. Something I find kind of uh, fascinating. I didn't really know this. Maybe you knew this. Never really thought about this. But fruit 
always grow above ground. Fruit don't grow in a way that's hidden. Fruit, don't, uh, fruit itself doesn't grow roots into, into the ground. Fruit, fruit don't grow below ground. They always grow above ground in a way that can be seen. And, uh, the, Holy, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit uh, work the same way, as visible evidence that we have a relationship, uh, a, a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so if we're serious about making not just more followers, but better uh, followers, this series is going to be really a huge impactful uh, season for us. These nine fruit of the Holy Spirit give us a clear picture of what it looks like to, to follow Jesus and to really become more like him. Now, I thought it'd be fun maybe to take a little different approach today and uh, to this message. And so I'm going to give you a test, okay? I'm going to ask you four true or false questions about the uh, fruit of the uh, Holy uh, uh, Spirit. And uh, so I, I need your, uh, this is going to be audience participation a weekend at River Glen. But don't be nervous, okay? You know, when I was a student, I always liked true or false because even if you're guessing, you got a 50% chance, right? So, so, so that's good. Uh, and hopefully you'll learn some things that will help you grow the fruit uh, in your life and follow Jesus uh, better. But before we get into that test, a couple warm-ups, all right? A couple uh, true and false. Put your thinking cap on uh, about fruit. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, first one, true or false. Door County, Wisconsin is famous for producing bananas. Yeah, oh yeah, that's an easy one. Cherries, right? All right, next one. Uh, the most popular fruit in America is the banana. That's true. That's true. You learned something. Okay, all right. Uh, the most popular fruit in the world is the mango. Tr true, yeah, you're right. It is. It is. That's true. I like, you guys like mango? I like mango. I think it's really good. Um, anyway. Um, all right, you ready for the fruit of the spirit test? All right, this is what we're talking about. Okay, number one, here it is. The Bible calls these nine qualities, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the fruits of the Spirit. True or false? That's false. They're not called the, the uh, fruits of the Spirit. They're called the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, singular. I'm not, I'm not trying to be nitpicky here, all right? Uh, I think this, is, this has uh, some significance, okay? I checked, I checked the original language, and it's intentionally singular. It doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit are. It says the fruit of the Spirit is. It's singular, and then it gives these nine qualities. I think it's singular because the fruit come as a package, they come as a cluster of nine fruit in, in, in your life. God wants to grow all nine of them to make a new you. And this is one of the differences, by the way, between the fruit of the Spirit and what are called the gifts of the Spirit. Maybe some of you are familiar with the, the New Testament teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. These are abilities that God, the Holy Spirit gives you. Maybe the ability to teach or lead or, or give encouragement or, or show mercy to serve others and build the church. And maybe you've got one or two or three of these gifts, but you don't have all of them. However, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit are different. God intends for you to develop this cluster of all nine fruits. So here's what this means for our lives uh, today. If you're going to evaluate your spiritual depth and maturity, you know, don't just pick the one or two fruit that come most easily uh, for you or come naturally for you. You know, don't pick one that you're really strong in and, uh, and say, you know, I don't, have, I don't have patience, but I have got a lot of kindness and feel satisfied with that. Use all nine as an evaluation tool. For example, the first fruit is love. And so, you know, ask yourself, how, how soft and tender is my heart toward God and other people? The second fruit is, is joy. Am I more inclined to speak words of complaint 
or words of gratitude. Third fruit is peace. How consistently do I feel troubled or anxious? Fourth is patience. How do I respond when I don't get what I want? Am I able to wait gracefully? Fifth is kindness. How inclined am I to lend a helping hand even when I'm busy? Sixth is goodness. Is my heart, is my heart to give? Is it growing or shrinking? Seventh is faithfulness. Would the people around me describe me as dependable? Seven, or eighth is gentleness. How, how often do I come alongside somebody who is hurting and extend comfort to them? And then uh, ninth is self-control. Do I have any bad habits? That's a pretty tough list, isn't it? And nobody scores perfectly, but hopefully over the course of time, you'll see growth in these, uh, in these fruit because this is what spiritual growth looks like. This is, a, this is the clearest picture of what it looks like to become more like, like, like Jesus. All right, brings us to uh, our second true or false statement. Help me out here. Uh, I grow the fruit of the, of the Spirit in my life by just trying hard. True or false? False. Yeah, that's false. Because fruit grow out of the life of, of something else. And notice, they're not called the fruit of hard work or the fruit of the church or the fruit of family relationships. No, they're called the fruit of the Spirit because they grow out of the life of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And so I want to be clear. This isn't, you know, this isn't about trying, trying harder to love more, trying harder to be more joyful and, and, and more, more patient. This isn't just about willpower or self-improvement. This is about the Spirit of Jesus working in, inside to change us from the uh, inside out by producing these fruit. Think about it this way. The, the list of the fruit of the Spirit is, is not so much a to-do list as it is a results list. It's the result of, of the Holy Spirit working in your life. And that's one of the reasons I'm really excited about this uh, series because, you know, we don't, typically in church, we don't, you know, we talk a lot about God, talk a lot about Jesus, not so much about the Holy Spirit. I think if we're honest, we're, we're kind of fuzzy about the Holy Spirit. So you need to know the Bible equates the Holy Spirit with God. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is referred to as the third member of the Trinity. Here's a diagram I showed a couple weeks ago about the Trinity. And uh, the Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, uh, God the Spirit. But, but the God the Spirit, Holy Spirit, is not like the, the third most important member of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is not like, you know, the junior member of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit's God in every sense of the word. Sometimes in the Bible, the uh, Holy Spirit is even referred to as the Spirit of God or the Spirit of, of Jesus. Those terms are used interchangeably. And, and the Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as a person, not a thing, not an it, but a he who is good and loving and wants to produce these fruit in our lives. Right before his, his death, um, Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. He said to his followers, you know him for he lives with you and, uh, and, and, and he will be with you. Jesus kept that promise uh, after he ascended. He sent the Holy Spirit to live in the hearts of his followers. And if you have ever read the book of Acts, you know that this made a huge difference. Filled with his spirit, his followers were powerhouses for God. They were unstoppable for Jesus. And we can have that same spirit of Jesus in our lives today. A few months ago, I decided, you know what, I'm going to try something different. Uh, something that I haven't done for a long, long time. Uh, I went to a, a fitness uh, center, Experience Fitness on Sunset, and I thought, you know, I'm going to try swimming laps. Something different, something new as a, as a form of exercise. I thought this would be, maybe I would like it, uh, but uh, it did not go well. 
and uh, I, I, uh, my, my, my 15-year-old goggles leaked and water got in my eyes, and I thought, I went in thinking, yeah, maybe I'll swim, I'll swim 30 minutes, you know, at least 30 minutes, you know, three minutes into it, I'm gasping and almost drowning, and uh, I discovered it, it's a saltwater pool at uh, Experience. I drank about a gallon, and I'll tell you, it's really salty. I wanted to enjoy swimming, you know, but it uh, didn't happen, and I, I've never gone back. Yeah. Uh, but I want you to imagine something. Play along with me, okay? Uh, imagine if the spirit of Michael Phelps began to live in my body. That'd be something, wouldn't it? You know, Michael Phelps, Olympic champion, rewrote the record books, most gold medals, 23 gold medals, uh, biggest Olympic champion in all of, uh, of history. And uh, by the way, later this month, he's actually racing a great white shark. Yeah, hope that goes well uh, for him. But imagine he lives inside of me. And so I've got the power and the ability and the confidence of Michael Phelps inside of me. I would go way beyond my human capacity as a swimmer. I would devote myself to swimming. If there's like a senior Olympics out there for old guys, sign me up. You know, I would dominate the swimming because I've got the spirit of an Olympic champion living inside me. I know that might sound silly, but listen, if you follow Jesus, you have the spirit of the greatest person who has ever lived inside of you. Jesus embodied every single one of these fruit, and he empowers you to go way beyond your human capacity when it comes to growing these fruit, the fruit of love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in your life. And so the message of this series is not just, you know, try harder. This isn't a to-do list. It's a result list of having the spirit of Jesus in your life. And so if you have never done so, you need to make a decision to begin a personal relationship with Jesus so that you have the power the power source in your life to, to, to develop and grow these fruit. And when you make the decision to begin a relationship with Jesus, to begin following him, the first step that Jesus asks you to take is, is baptism. And I think the reason is because baptism makes your decision clear. And it also gives you confidence knowing that you surrendered your life to uh, following him. And uh, you have his spirit living inside of you. In a few weeks, we're going to have just a, a great opportunity. Uh, we're going to do some outdoor baptisms. We've done this for the last several years, and we've baptized lots of people uh, as part of what we call the baptism bash coming up August 5th. And if you're interested, just fill out that card that's in the chair back in front of you, and we would love to help you take that step. And for those of us who have already done that, this series is about learning to trust and lean into the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to take us to just a whole new level. All right, here's the next true or false statement. Okay, help me out on this one. All right, it's pretty easy to allow the Holy Spirit to develop these fruit in my life. True or false? Well, a little, little uh, mixed on that one, little mixed, okay? Could be true, uh, could be false. You know what? I'm going with false, and I'm going to base that on what Paul says right before he gives the list of these fruit in Galatians chapter 5. Sometimes we don't look at the context. Here's what he says. Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary uh, to the Spirit. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. Look at this. 
they are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you, what you want. In other words, Paul says that every follower of Jesus has this conflict, this war, this battle that's just raging on the inside because we have competing desires uh, that want to grow different fruit in our lives. See, we all grow fruit. The question is, good fruit or bad fruit? And uh, Paul lists the bad fruit in verse 19. Take a look at this. He says, the acts of the sinful nature, the fruit, the bad fruit are, are, are obvious. Uh, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Pretty heavy list. But notice how all the bad fruit are motivated by selfishness. And they bring down and destroy relationships and friendships and families and even, even churches. But then Paul says, in contrast, the Holy Spirit wants to produce these nine beautiful fruit in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and, and so on. These are much more appealing and attractive. But the Bible is upfront and honest that growing the fruit of the Spirit is a challenge. It's a struggle. It's a daily battle because we're conflicted on the inside. We're pulled in different directions. And there are going to be temptations and distractions and failure. I think sometimes we underestimate. I really think we do. Underestimate the difficulty. And, and that's why we downplay, you know, and cover up you know, our struggles and pretend like, you know, we've got it together and everything is okay. But you know what? That can actually hinder the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our church and even drive people away. I've said this before, but I think it's so important that, it, that it's worth repeating. I want River Glen to be a me too kind of church, a me too kind of place so that when you're in a circle with other people and you find out you made some, you made some unwise choices in your life, me too. You lose your temper with your children, me too. You've got some dysfunction in your past and in your family, guess what? Me too. You deal with, you struggle with temptations, me too. You see, all of us are like the rest of us. And when you discover, I can be honest about myself and someone else says, me too. That's me too. That's powerful. Because then we can love each other, okay? And we can help each other become the new you that God intended you to be. And me too indicates humility. And it allows the Holy Spirit to work more powerfully in our lives and, and in our church. All right, last one, last true or false. I can do some things to help the Holy Spirit produce fruit in my life. True or false? True, yeah. I would say true. We, we, we need to do our part in this. Let me show you a few scriptures that uh, I think support this. Look at these verbs in these verses in Galatians 5 and 6. We're commanded to live by the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit. And then in the next chapter, to sow to the Spirit. And so we have to do our part. We're commanded to partner with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads and we follow. It's the difference between having the Holy Spirit as a resident in my life and making him the president in my life. And so I want to share with you four actions that help us partner with the Holy Spirit to grow us and produce these fruit in our life. The first action is praying. Praying. We've got this uh, fruit tree in our, in our backyard. It's an apple tree. And during the summer, I like to, uh, when I'm outside, I like to check in on it and see, if it's, uh, see how it's coming along producing apples. But it, it seems like it takes forever for that tree to produce apples. And the fruit of the Spirit can, can feel the same way to us. And that's why I really like this point 
that uh, uh, a teacher named Beth Moore makes about the fruit of the Spirit. She says that, that we don't have to wait several months to begin seeing the fruit of the Spirit grow in our life. You can start to experience the fruit of the Spirit immediately through prayer. Maybe at work, you find yourself running out of patience with someone. Maybe at home, you get frustrated with someone and you need some gentleness. Maybe a a, a tempting advertisement pops up on your computer and you need some self-control. In that moment, you can pray, God, I need patience. God, I need gentleness. God, I need self-control. You ever ever launched a prayer like that in the heat of the moment? And then you can just feel God holding you up. You know you could never act that way on your own. That's God's spirit empowering you and making you fruitful. You see, we can experience quick results through prayer while God is making long-term changes in us in the same direction. Beth Moore says, these fruit don't just change your life. They can change your day through prayer. Second action that helps us partner with the Holy Spirit is uh, pruning. Pruning. Yeah, we've done some pruning around our house uh, this summer, a lot of pruning of uh, bushes around our house. I I should be honest, uh, my wife has done a lot of pruning of uh, bushes around our house. I'll show you a picture. Here's a a before picture. We had this, that's, that's kind of overgrown, isn't it? Blocking our sidewalk, even blocking part of our garage and blocking our house. And, uh, uh, and then this is after pruning. Well, look at that. Yeah, my wife's really good at, uh, at pruning. And she, in fact, she pruned so much of this bush, she thought she might have hurt it or damaged it or killed it. And uh, look at it. It's even healthier now uh, after, after the, the, the pruning. And now you can see the sidewalk. You can, you know, we get better access to our garage. You get a better view of our, of our house. Uh, here's another bush in our, in our backyard that also needs uh, pruning. And uh, hopefully later this summer, my wife will uh, get out there uh, when she has time. She's been really busy. He's good at pruning. Here's why pruning is so important. Because pruning concentrates the nutrients and the resources that come up the trunk and go out the, 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 the branches to maximize growth and fruitfulness. And a dying branch or a bad fruit actually drains nutrients and causes barrenness. One of the bad fruit that Paul talks about Uh, pruning in Galatians 5 is is drunkenness. Here's another verse, very similar in Ephesians, where Paul says, do not get drunk in wine. Instead, be filled with with the Holy Spirit. Notice this phrase, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It means that you are directed and you are dominated by the Holy Spirit instead of alcohol. Now, why do you think we drink too much or eat too much or overindulge in, in anything too much? I think it's because we want to escape, and we want to feel differently. We want to feel better, isn't it? And Paul says, you want to feel different? You want to feel uh, uh, better? How about love? How about, how about some joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Now, the fruit of the Spirit are about, are about more than feelings, but the fruit change the way that you, that you feel. You feel better, and the feeling lasts much longer. See, when we prune bad fruit, we allow the Holy Spirit to do a much better job satisfying and fulfilling our desires and and, and longings. Sometimes we also need to to even prune good branches. Jesus said every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it'll be even more fruitful. Some of us here, 
We may need to prune, prune some good things in our life. You know, probably one of the greatest hindrances right now to Christ followers uh, becoming fruitful is busyness. I struggle with it. Maybe if, maybe if we pruned, maybe if, maybe if we pruned our calendars a little bit and simplified them uh, even a little bit, the Holy Spirit would use that extra space, use, that extra, use those extra resources to make us even more fruitful. So there's praying, pruning, and then a third action that helps us partner with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to call this patterning. I'm talking about spiritual patterns, spiritual disciplines that you repeat over and, and over, like Bible reading and reflection, personal prayer time. And journaling, tithing, uh, doing what we call the three C's, celebrating in, in here on, on the weekends as a community, connecting uh, during the week in a, in a small group, contributing to the uh, mission of making more and better followers of Jesus through your, your time and, and talents and, and resources. There's many different kinds of uh, spiritual patterns that help us grow fruit. But remember, it's not the, it's not the pattern that, that grows the fruit. It's how the pattern brings us closer to God and then God grows the fruits. Kind of like sailing. You know, when you go sailing, uh, you put your sail up, and that's what these patterns do. We're putting our sail up, and we're catching the wind of the Holy Spirit to propel us forward and grow these fruit. Maybe during a weekend service, the Holy Spirit touches you through a song or teaching. Uh, maybe the Holy Spirit prompts you to apply a teaching of Jesus to your life, a teaching that you heard in your small group meeting. Maybe you set aside 10 minutes a day to spend with God so that you can hear from, from him. Patterns help us grow, but uh, maybe you found, like I have, summer can be a challenging time to maintain those patterns. You know, maybe your small group takes a break during the summer. Maybe you travel more. Your schedule changes. You get out of your, your normal routine. That's why I want to encourage you to be intentional about maintaining your patterns, your spiritual patterns this summer. You know, when you're out of town on a weekend... I encourage you to go to another church or watch our service online later on this fall. We're going to roll out live stream of our service, and that will make it even easier to keep your, your, your patterns and maintain them. I also would challenge you to start some new patterns this summer. Stretch yourself. Many times people have uh, a little more freedom in their schedule during the summer, more vacation time. They take more vacation time. It's a great time to read a new book. Or start a pattern like Bible reading and reflection. Maybe you uh, dive into one of our summer small groups. They've, they're off to a great start. You can stop at the, at the uh, Connect Wall to find out more. Or you can just show up this Thursday night. We're going to launch new Thursday night Fruit of the Spirit groups. Just show up 630 by the fireplace and uh, they'll get you connected. These patterns help us draw closer to God and allow His Spirit to transform us. And, and grow these fruit. All right, the last way we partner with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to call this practicing. And uh, we practice the fruit by putting ourselves in situations intentionally that stretch us to develop them. You know, for example, you know, maybe there's somebody at work who irritates you and you avoid them. Maybe instead of avoiding them, embrace that relationship as an opportunity, as a challenge to practice more joy and gentleness. You know, when you go to the grocery store, uh, don't do like I do and look for the shortest line at the checkout. Look for the longest line at the grocery store and practice some patience. I believe that if we will pray and prune and pattern and practice, in the next few months, we're going to look at our life and we're going to see more of these fruit, more of these beautiful fruit of, of the Holy Spirit, more of the new you 
that God intended you to be because we're partnering with the Holy Spirit instead of just trying harder on our own. And think about how this would impact other people. Other people are watching you. They watch you like a hawk to see how you handle your anger, how you deal with sorrow, how you respond to other people. Wouldn't it be great if other people could see the fruit of the Holy Spirit above ground in your life? Because when people see the difference that Jesus makes in your life, they're going to want what you have, and it will attract more people to follow him. See, the Christian life isn't just about us living for Jesus. It's about Jesus living through us. I want you to think about that as we move into a time of of communion. I want you to think about how Jesus gave his life for you on the cross. Thank him for that. Reaffirm or make a commitment to follow him because he gave his life for you. But I also want you to remember, he didn't just give his life for you. He gave his life to you. And that's why we call it communion, because he's in our community. Right now, we can commune with him. Jesus is alive. And if we will open up our our lives, open up our hearts, he will come in. He wants to come in and help us produce these fruit in our life to make a new you. I'm going to pray, and then we'll pass communion and if this is new to you and you want to take a pass on it, don't feel any pressure. That, 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 that's fine. But our communion is open to anybody because uh, Jesus gave his life for everyone. Let me pray for us. Father, I, uh, I pray. I pray this summer that you will move through our church, that you will touch our lives, and we will begin to see more fruit of the Spirit in our lives and in our church, more love, more joy, more peace, more patience, more kindness, more goodness, more faithfulness, more gentleness, more self-control. God, we, God, we need these qualities, and uh, we ask you, we invite you to help us develop them. And God, we thank you for Jesus who died on the cross for us so that your spirit could come into our lives and transform us and make us fruitful. Thank you for making us new. And it's through Jesus we pray. Amen.